guys, and thank you for listening to the Campus Safety Voices podcast. My name is Amy Rock, and I am Senior Editor for Campus Safety. Each year, Campus Safety has a Director of the Year Awards program that recognizes K-12, higher ed, and hospital police chiefs, security directors, emergency managers, or heads of security and or public safety who demonstrate outstanding leadership skills, ingenuity, and selflessness. We name a winner from each sector at one of our Campus Safety Conferences. The nomination materials we receive for each finalist are chock full of notable accomplishments. To give the finalists more deserved recognition, we like to chat with them further to highlight a few of their most impressive accomplishments or achievements they are especially proud of. One of the K-12 finalists I spoke with was Michael Riedenbach, who is Executive Director of Security and Emergency Management for the Charleston County School District in South Carolina. And in his role, he has led the initiative for the district's new 364-page emergency operations plan, implemented the district's first continuity of operations plan, and also implemented the first district-level tabletop exercise for incident management. Here's more on those projects. Be sure to subscribe to Campus Safety's YouTube channel and like or leave a comment on our videos or subscribe to our Campus Safety Voices podcast on Apple and Spotify and leave a review. As Executive Director of Security and Emergency Management for the Charleston County School District in South Carolina, uh, there were a lot of impressive accomplishments in your Director of the Year nominations, and one being that you led the initiative for the district's new 364-page emergency operations plan, uh, a plan that you said hadn't been updated since 2013. Uh, what were some of the major changes implemented during the rollout, and how were you able to make those changes? Yes, yeah, so when we started down the path of determining how to update that document that, as you mentioned, hadn't seen an update since 2013, uh, we really determined that we really should probably just start from a ground up perspective, uh, that our existing plan uh, established a great foundation for us to build upon, but we, we really wanted to include a lot more detail in certain elements of the plan, while also addressing things that, that weren't in that plan. If you think about it, the school safety landscape has changed significantly uh, during that time period. And so we, we looked to the RIMS Technical Assistance Center uh, at the U.S. Department of Education um, and, and utilized their, their process for developing high-quality emergency operations plans. Uh, and a part of that was, was looking at our uh, risk and hazard assessment uh, to determine what kind of risks and hazards specifically we should be addressing in the plan, uh, while also uh, engaging the stakeholder groups that we should be talking to. So talking to, of course, district leaders and our principals and assistant principals, uh, but also our teachers and uh, other community stakeholder groups that are, that are involved in various elements of, of, of emergency response in our district, and then our public safety partners. Uh, and then at the end of the day, uh, it created our, our, our new emergency operations plan um, that um, obviously provided more details, a lot more timely information uh, to address the threats that we face today, um, but also uh, was, uh, was easy to navigate. Uh, so it is a very large document from a page perspective. We want it to be very, very user-friendly and easy to navigate. I'm sure a lot of changes have been made to it in the last couple of years too with COVID and everything. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, and now um, obviously that's a big undertaking and involves a lot of moving parts. Uh, what were some challenges you faced in updating it and how did you work to overcome that? Yes, yeah, so when we reflect back on the challenges we faced, really uh, there weren't many from a content perspective. 
uh, we, we got a lot of great uh, cooperation and feedback from the partners we worked with. Uh, they were really excited to help us in that. And not only provide us feedback and, and guidance on the front end of, of the direction we should head in, in various sections, but also in working through uh, the revision of, of drafts along the way. Um, and so we, we felt like the content piece uh, we had handled, the challenges were really logistical. Um, so when we think about the content, how do we want to present that? How do we want to format it and organize it and uh, get it into a, a book that's easy to navigate uh, by our users? Um, and so one of the challenges we had when we looked at this on the front end with the 2013 document was all of the numbers were in succession. So we had one through you know 200 something in the book. So if we wanted to make any changes or add uh, elements in the middle of the book, we'd have to reprint the whole thing for it to stay uh, current. So we, we changed the organization in this book so that we can uh, make section changes without impacting the rest of the document. Um, so, and then we have over a hundred sites throughout the district, not only schools, but administrative buildings and athletic support facilities. And so how do we deploy the plan to those various sites to make it specific to those sites? This plan creates the district's framework um, and a district's response plan, but we want schools and sites to make it their own. So that it includes people who work at that site and includes specific elements re uh, related to their site. And so our staff had to go out and meet with the various uh, principals and assistant principals and department heads uh, during the rollout to uh, go through the book, to get it uh, to become site specific. Um, so those are some of the big challenges. Of course, COVID um, was kind of in the middle of the process. And so it ultimately delayed our implementation by about a year. Um, but in the end, it worked out to our benefit because we were able to make a lot of uh, great changes to it because of lessons we were learning during that time. How many schools are in your district? Uh, we have about uh, 85 or so total schools. It's so crazy. For, I can't wrap my brain around districts that big. It's in my town where I grew up, we had we have six elementary schools, one middle school, one high school. So when I hear these big districts, I'm like, I can't even fathom that size. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's it's fun. It's, it definitely keeps things interesting. Um, but it's uh, <laughs> and, and we want to make sure that our plan addresses the various issues that those schools could face. And we have a mix of urban, suburban and rural schools, um, you know, that each have their individual, uh, you know, nuances. So we want to make sure the plan addresses all of those um, and is comprehensive so everybody can use it. Now, you also implemented the, the district's continuity of operations, which ensures the district can continue its main functions long uh, during long-term disruptions. What uh, different entities had to be involved in this plan and how did you go about forming those relationships? So we, we engaged with uh, a little over 20 departments and divisions throughout uh, the school district to, to create the continuity of operations plan. Um, and we're, we're fortunate in our district to have a, a really collaborative district across with departments that work across division lines. So, so we, we commonly work together um, with folks from various divisions. And that's really where the trust and relationships were built um, that really help us with things like the continuity of operations plan and, and other projects we do uh, down the line. Uh, because I think that there's a, a mutual respect for the work that, that each of us are doing and, and our ultimate goal and ensuring everyone's safety and the, and the operation of the district. And so that really worked to our advantage and in, in, in getting the information we needed um, and, the, and the thoughtful uh, discussions that happened surrounding the development of, of the plan, uh, because some of these were really hard questions and hard things to think through. Um, and it required departments to 
to carve out time, which when you, when you're in a school district is oftentimes really hard to find where we're, we're in, in, we're in the firefighting business. There are always problems that are in front of us that we have to have to deal with. Uh, even though it's a public safety analogy, it's applicable to every department in the school district. Um, and so carving out that time for the proactive work is hard. And so we were thankful to get the, um, the partnership of, of those various departments and divisions um, to get us that information uh, and to work with us in discussions uh, that we had surrounding the, the creation of it. Um, we, we again look to uh, the REMS Technical Assistance Center for some help in, in, the, in the, what was needed in the content of the COOP, what was best practice in that area. And they had some good resources in their toolbox, um, you know, sample plans from other districts that we were able to uh, take various elements from uh, to ultimately create the framework that we use in the, the development of the plan. Now, do they, do they have plans? Does REMS have plans kind of like you go in with, I have this many schools, this type of setting where you kind of dwindle down to plans that are similar to yours that you can go off of? Yeah, they, they just offer various, um, you know, samples that, that, that have been uploaded that, that different districts can look at, um, uh, and, you know, from various variety of different topics, um, particularly related to COOP. Uh, we look at the emergency operations plan. They have a system that, that you can use that kind of you input the information and it outputs uh, a plan ready to go for you, uh, which is a really neat tool. Um, but it's, it's really a great resource um, that has helped us along the way. Yeah, awesome. And throughout this process, what's kind of like a big lesson that you learned through the process of creating that plan? Yeah, I guess uh, COVID really showed us the biggest lesson, which is you can't anticipate every single uh, emergency that might impact your operation, right? Because, you know, going into it, we really had the mindset of, you know, we're a coastal community. So thinking about hurricanes and the impact that might have, or thinking about localized emergencies, like a, a building that, that had a flood or uh, a fire or even a tornado that's had a, a, a localized impact. Um, but I don't think we, we really anticipated um, uh an emergency or a situation of COVID's duration, but also uh, just widespread impact. And you guys were remote for, I think you said three and a half months. And so what part of the plan particularly aided in continuing education uh, for that time that your district was virtual at the beginning of the pandemic? Yeah, so the, the, the plan that we had developed really, um, really set a great foundation for us and helped us to address the issues that we didn't have to think about, right? So we'd already addressed those, those kind of administrative and business functions and how are we gonna keep uh, those things going with procurement and payroll. We had already thought through our lines of succession and our communication planning within our, within our uh, individual departments and organizations. Uh, we had identified already our, our key systems that we needed to operate um, and uh, the IT pathways we needed in order to do that. Um, and the equipment we needed to operate uh, offsite. So we, having already thought about all of those things helped us really focus on uh, the areas related to educating the students for that time period that we needed to focus on. Um, and so, uh, you know, we were, we were fortunate to have uh, the resources to be able to issue devices to every student, uh, whether it's a Chromebook or an iPad to take home. Um, but then we had to think through how do we issue them? You know, it, it's, it's funny to think back during that time, there was so much we didn't know about, uh, about COVID and the anxieties around even, can we be around people? How, you know, how do we, how do we do that exchange of a device, even if it's not outside in a parking lot? Um, so developing the protocols for that, 
developing the protocols for, all right, how do we get Wi-Fi into neighborhoods? How do we equip buses with Wi-Fi hotspots and send those out um, into the neighborhoods to keep uh, education happening for kids who don't have access to internet at home? Um, and so the COOP was very helpful in already addressing all of those, those other things so we can focus on the really uh, COVID-specific elements that, that we had not contemplated in our plan. But at the end of the day, having gone through that process now is, is helping us significantly in, in our planner visions moving forward. So whereas in our, our first iteration of this, we were really focusing on alternate work, alternate work locations. If something happens in our office, where do we go uh, relocate to? Um, and COVID really showed us how well we can work remotely and having to establish those systems to facilitate that. Um, and then also expanding our duration. So thinking through that, yes, a, a we could have a system-wide shutdown for uh, months on end and hear, way, hear ways that we can continue to operate during that time. I remember early on, uh, there were a lot of stories of people, kids going to outside of school to be able to pick up Wi-Fi signal, signals, you know, in freezing cold weather. And it's just, I've, time during a pandemic is so weird because doesn't that feel like 10 years ago? Because so much has happened between now and then and so much new information and it just feels so long ago. It does. I mean, it's, it's really weird to think back through even how you were feeling during that time. And, you know, when that, there was such an immediate shutdown it happened so quickly. Um, and, and there were a lot of questions that we didn't know answers to. And so we had to kind of figure out what's best for our students and our staff and our families. Um, and a lot has happened since then. Yeah. <laughs> We've come a long way. And uh, your submission said that you also implemented the first district level tabletop exercise for incident management. Uh, can you speak about those, it said three exercises, kind of who was involved, where they were held, et cetera? Sure. So it, tabletop exercises, I love because they're, they're a great way to really uh, enhance your plan and make sure you and your team know what your roles are going to be. And while the scenarios are obviously different, there's a lot of frameworks that you can establish in those exercises that are just really helpful when you're in the moment responding to a crisis that you, you know that already laid out for you. Um, and so we, we started um, with an exercise with just our security team. So our emergency preparedness coordinator uh, developed a, a, a scenario for us to utilize um, just among our team. And we not only wanted to do that to help enhance our team's abilities, but also to, to test various elements of our, at the time, our draft emergency operations plan. Um, and once we completed it with our office, we then moved on to uh, the operations division and did it with our chief operating officer and the various department heads within operations, which is where, where our department is housed, um, along with facilities management, nutrition services, student transportation, uh, information technology, capital programs, and nursing, um, and, and talked through that same scenario just with our operations division uh, and department heads to think through what all of our teams would be doing. And then moving into our superintendent, uh, superintendent's cabinet, which includes our superintendent and all of her direct reports uh, at the time, um, all the division heads and, and school level leaders. Um, again, not only trying to build those, build that capacity within those various teams, um, but also to test the various elements of, of the, the emergency operations plan. Um, because there are a lot of questions, you know, there, there are a lot of different things that have to be thought through in an emergency and, and the, the time you don't want to be thinking through those is, is in the middle of a crisis. And so you want to try to establish those systems um, 
ahead of time so that everybody knows their roles and responsibilities um, during a crisis and in a controlled environment is, is the best place to do that. And we're certainly thankful to get the opportunity to do that um, and learn the lessons that we did because they're, they're always lessons that come out of it. So we were able to establish an improvement plan um, and put it into a, 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 a matrix to kind of let us track um, those issues that needed, we needed to address. Um, and then at that period of time, we were able to make uh, some, some tweaks to our emergency operations plan um, just prior to sending it to, to the printers. So it really helped in that regard as well. These table talk exercises, we do them at our conferences and I feel like they're the most popular and talked about sessions that we do. So they're obviously very helpful. Yeah, they're really cool. And you know, we after we did it with the superintendent's cabinet, we then took it to our principals um, and offered it in their principal sessions. And you know, when everyone we've done, we've gotten really great feedback. And so that's a program we hope to, to build uh, over time. Mm -hmm.